Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 254. Are you in full-time Christian ministry? When I felt that God's call for me was to head to seminary, I knew that I was entering what would be called, very possibly, full-time Christian ministry. And the more I thought of it, since I was going to school to be a counselor, but I also have a Master of Divinity, I, I thought about the different numbers, the different statistics that I would hear. I would hear things um, such as a certain percentage of seminary graduates are in full-time Christian ministry and that would assume that the remainder of the seminary graduates were not in full-time Christian ministry. I wish you could see me. I, I'm Because I talk with my hands so often, I'm doing quotation marks around that because that's exactly what I'm meaning. And I always have wanted to kind of rattle the statisticians and ask them exactly what do you consider, quote, full-time Christian ministry, unquote. Because just being on a church staff is not the only type of full-time Christian ministry. Serving on the staff of a large Christian organization should not be the only type of full-time Christian ministry. We, as those who have chosen Christ as our Savior and Lord, we are to be in full-time Christian ministry no matter what we put our hand and heart to. Colossians 3, 23-24 Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. I mean, seems to me that there's not anything that I as the privileged holder of the Holy Spirit inside me that there's not anything I put my hands to, whether I get paid for it or not, that should not be looked at from my perspective as full-time Christian ministry. There is a difference if somebody asks if you are in a full-time staff position. Now, that's a different uh, thing altogether, of course. But with me going to seminary, And getting a Master of Divinity, which would mean that I could very well work in a church in different uh, positions. But there aren't a lot of churches who are big enough to have their own counseling program. And so even though I have a Master of Divinity, I would probably, if I were using my counseling degree chances are really good that I would never be on staff of a church. And so therefore, I would not be in, quote, full-time Christian ministry, even though in my case, I am, and I look at my job in that way because 
I am a bereavement coordinator and chaplain for hospice. And so you get the chaplain part in there and somehow or another, well, that seems like that's really full-time Christian ministry too. But I was doing full-time Christian ministry when I did not actively work as a chaplain. It's not just because I have some sort of clerical title that makes what I do Christian ministry. I should be about Christian ministry in everything that I do, paid and unpaid. Whatever I put my hands to, I should be doing it to honor the Lord. Now, you might wonder, where in the world did this come out of our study of 1 Kings 7? We've been walking our way through the last few weeks about preparing for, and now the building of Solomon's Temple, the very famous Solomon's Temple that was humongous and extremely opulent. Now, when we started, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, we were talking about King Solomon and let me go back to it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm fighting a little um, sickness today. First Kings 5, we started out with King Hiram of Tyrum had always been a loyal friend to David. When Hiram learned that David's son Solomon was the new king of Israel, he sent ambassadors to congratulate him. We talked that week about somehow some, how we end up with sometimes unlikely friendships, but even in the midst of that, we can point them to Christ. We talked about the name Hiram, that that name can also be looked at as Huram, and because there would be another person by that same name in Scripture just two chapters later, Hiram was how it was listed, at least in the NLT, in 1 Kings 5, but in 7, where we are today, we see Huram, which again, Hebrew, it's Hiram. So don't get yourself confused off of that. I'm just just mentioning that so that you kind of understand what is going on here. But we've been talking about Solomon and his preparations. We've been talking about the length of time that it took to build the temple. And then in today's set of scriptures, which we're not going to read the entire part, but this is always so whenever we see scripture we need to be reminded that god has it there for a reason and i've mentioned that many times on this podcast because i do teach through entire bible books and there are some chapters and or some sections of chapters where i just have scratched my head and go exactly what does god want us to learn from that but if all scripture is God-breathed, inspired, which it is because scripture says that, then what are we supposed to learn? Because this is not a short passage. This is 1 Kings 7, 13 through 51. This whole section is about what Hiram crafted. He was a master craftsman. He was extremely skillful and talented in any work with bronze. He worked with metal. And as a result, he came in, and I'm sure that he didn't do every bit of it his, with his own fingers and hands, but he at least oversaw the making of every bit of the furnishings in the temple. And would this be full-time Christian ministry? 
that's that's where this whole idea came from because we if we are not careful we will have categories in our minds that people who are in staff positions in church are in full-time christian ministry or sometimes part-time because they have a, another job but that other job wouldn't dare be christian ministry unless it was in the church well how do you reconcile what we do as Christians who carry the Holy Spirit with us when we work in jobs that don't have a title that connects with clergy? How about a hospice nurse? How about an ER doctor? How about someone who paints the streets? Like, What's the difference? Like, these are people who could have the Holy Spirit inside of them and li be living and working for the Lord. I think the difference is, number one, are they someone who is a Christian? And number two, how do they view what they put their hands to? Hiram happens to be making furnishings for a temple. But it's not that... Everywhere he went, the only things that he made were for church buildings, so to speak. But we have to have, we can't just have paid preachers and the gospel get out across the world. In the time that I've been talking, I have no idea, but I'm sure there's somebody's got a stat as to how many people have died and gone to hell. We've got to shift our perspective that whatever we put our hands to, wherever it is that God has placed us, whether it's volunteer work, whether it is paid work, that we are in full-time Christian ministry and we need to have the perspective that we are to go in there with the mentality that we are God's person in that place. Whether we're like Hiram, who is using his hands and his skills to put together the furnishings for the temple, or whether we are coaching basketball. We need to have that perspective. So our weekly assignment feature is, what is one perspective shift you will make this week to help you better see all you do as Christian ministry? Because it's all about perspective shift. It may be that you place those two verses, Colossians 3, 23 through 24, in your car and remind yourself that I am driving today to a place, or maybe part of your job is driving. I am going as an ambassador of Christ into these environments, and I, are, I am to honor him as a person who has the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of me. Let's start looking. King Solomon, so this is starting with 13. King Solomon then asked for a man named Hiram to come from Tyre. He was half Israelite since his mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali and his father had been a craftsman in bronze from Tyre. Hiram was extremely skillful and talented in any work in bronze and he came to do all the metal work for King Solomon. Hiram cast two bronze pillars, each 27 feet tall and 18 feet in circumference. For the tops of the pillars, he cast bronze capitals. 
And I'm not going to go into every bit of that. He also encircled uh, the lattice work with two rows of pomegranates to decorate the capitals over the pillars. I mean, he's into detail. You can see that jumped to 23. He cast a great round basin, skipped down to 25. Um, there was they called called that basin the sea, and so it says the sea was placed on a base of 12 bronze oxen, all facing forward. And all the details, 27, he also made 10 bronze water carts, 6 feet long, 6 feet wide, 4.5 feet tall. Tells about the details, 29, it says both the panels of the crossbars were decorated with carved lions, oxen, cherubim, above and below the lions and the oxen were wreath decorations. Let's go down to 34, there were handles at each of the four corners of the carts. And they were cast as one unit on the cart. Uh, 36, carvings of the cherubim, lions, and palm trees decorated the panels and the corner supports. What it, wherever there was room. Uh, 38, he also made 10 smaller bronze basins. Uh, and on and on and on. You go through the rest of the chapter and you see all of the things that this craftsman had created for the temple of the Lord. And so as we look at that, as we think of Hiram, do you think that God held him any less accountable for honoring the Lord with his work because he wasn't paid clergy? In that time, he wasn't a priest. I think that I'm accountable for every bit of work that I do, no matter what my job title is. Whether it is on a church staff, it is not related to a church staff. God has us in our different places for a reason. And Hiram could reach people with his ability to be a workman. This is, it's going to sound totally random, but there's purpose. So I saw on my Facebook feed that there was some big game hunters dinner that was going to happen. Well, that is not my kind of place. You know, I would never, I would be totally lost in there. Wouldn't have a clue what to do in there. But as I saw that as a ministry, it dawned on me that at that event, you're going to have people who are going to come. You're going to have people who are Christ followers, no doubt about that, because that's the reason that they have put this together. But you're going to have people who otherwise would not even come near a church but because you're speaking their language, because that's what they like to do, they see that there are other men, now, there might be some women there, but I'm guessing it'll mostly be men, who love things like they do, but also love the Lord. You know, God has made us each different. And if we didn't have craftsmen, if we didn't have people with different skill sets, we would accomplish so much. Like, what would the temple have looked like if you hadn't had Hiram or somebody like him? You would have had a majestic building because there were other craftsmen who crafted the building, but the furnishings that were part of the tabernacle would not have been in there, or they wouldn't have been the same quality. As you go about your week, this upcoming week, whenever you might be listening to this, I really want you to think about the place that God has placed you, whether it's 
volunteer, whether it is paid. And are you really looking at it as full-time Christian ministry, or are you looking at it as a job and you complain about it? I mean, it doesn't mean that every place that we work, we're thrilled with. And almost every one of us, no matter where we are, we go through our ups and downs. But even in the midst of that, you can shine for Christ. When it's a dark time where you're working, other people are feeling the crunch too. And how you handle that can really shine the light on Christ. So what is one perspective shift you will make this week to help you better see all you do as Christian ministry? Are you going to put those verses somewhere to remind yourself? Are you going to just put the name Hiram and it's going to remind you that you don't have to be on a church staff in order to honor God with the work of your hands? I look forward to hearing from you. You can write me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. You can jump into our Facebook group and just make a comment. I would love to hear how you're going to apply this. And then I would also love to hear how it impacts not only your life, but the lives of those around you. So we've got information down below about different resources, how to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you have no idea what I've been talking about because you're like, well, my life's my own and I, I don't care. Like my job, my job's just about money. Well, have you ever considered that Jesus loves you? It's not just a song. And that he gave his life to save you from your bad choices. You can click on that link or you could send me an email and just say, I, I'd just like to know more about that. There's information down at the very bottom about how to get to all 254 episodes of this podcast. And next week, I'm sure we're still in the temple, but we're going to we're going to go into the part where the ark is brought into the temple. Because that, of course, has special significance. And we may even go back and look a little bit at the history of the ark and where it is traveled. Uh, and then two weeks from now is one of my absolute favorites. And that's the dedication of the temple. I just get excited. Solomon... Solomon messes up. We know that. And sadly, he's infamous for his mess-ups and his, you know, over 700 wives kind of thing like that, seriously. But on that day when he dedicates the temple, he was in, in a good place. And uh, we all can relate to the ups and downs. Can we not? So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this with others. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>